0: Hey, good morning, Grace Church. You guys doing good? Hey, can we just pause and welcome those joining us online today and just say greetings to them. Thanks for being a part. As well, if you're new here, a huge welcome to you. If you're visiting as a guest, hey, we're so glad that you chose to check out the Grace Church family, in my opinion, one of the best families that currently exist on the face of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. <clears throat> hey, some, some of you had asked if Pastor Ray is ever going to preach again, because maybe the way you know he prayed over me and said, Vern, you got it, or I don't know, something like that. Somebody's like, is that it for you? But actually, Pastor Ray and I are going to share the pulpit off and on over the next couple of months for sure until he fully transitions into retirement. And so he's coming back on in two Sundays. So those of you that are wondering if he's in Florida this week, so that's why he's not here. Uh, I wish I were there, Pastor Ray. He's watching online. So give him a shout right now, Pastor Ray and Nancy. But he'll be back uh, talking in this series again. And then uh, the series going forward, we're gonna share the pulpit for a while. So is that okay? So in this series, which is really exciting, is so many exciting things to talk about. We're gonna talk about uh, culture a little bit, but uh, a church on mission, and that's why we call it Mission Possible, not impossible, right? But church should be a hospital. That culture should be there of healing and deliverance and freedom, right? Church should be a family. We'll talk about that next week. And then finally, uh, we're gonna talk about church should be an army. But those three concepts we wanna talk about in this series today, I wanna focus on Church should be a hospital culture. Um, I personally don't want to belong to a body that's sort of missing any of those aspects of the kingdom. And there's verses and scripture uh, for all of those aspects. And so is that okay? It's not like we're having multiple personalities. It's actually a fullness of God's nature should be in a church culture. Amen? So, so that's, that's what I want to talk about. But um, last week, um, I went to Planet Fitness Actually, it was the other month. Uh, I didn't want to admit that publicly, but I, I, let's be real, right? I didn't go last week. Um, it, was the other, it was the other week. So I went to Planet Fitness, and to my shock and horror, there was some people there that were overweight. <laughs> I mean, hypocrites. <laughs> this is the way, this is my sarcasm coming out. And you know, just it's planet fitness. Shouldn't you be fit? And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's kinda why I'm <laughs> suck it in. That's why I'm here, right? But 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 then but then aren't they in the right place if they're trying to get fit? But then you have this idea that in church culture And some people that are outside church culture, you know, hypocrites, those people that go to church but don't look like Jesus yet, well, aren't they in the right place? Because shouldn't church be a culture where I want to become a little more like Christ and shed some of the old days of Egypt, right? Those, those days before Christ and maybe some addictions and some mindsets and struggles that I still got, but in the right is in a church body where healing can occur along beside other people and with God, amen? And so we shouldn't shame those people that are not quite like Jesus yet. If you're wondering who those people are, you're probably one of them. And me included, right, we're on this journey of being made into the image of Christ, right? What would be weird, though, is if I went to Planet Fitness, and some people are coming there just to hang out, and I wonder sometimes if some do, there's like chairs, you know, where you you walk in, I'm like... I don't actually think they're working out. I actually think they're just here watching me work out. This is awkward, you know. So, so you know, to translate that to church culture. You know, coming to church doesn't make you Christ-like, <laughs> but coming to church and engaging in what's going on and participating in what's going believe, receive, and apply. Right? Does does put you into that that journey where we are being made into the image? Does that make sense? So, so becoming part of a, a, a culture um, where a hospital culture is alive in a church means it does take some engagement on our part to actually do the work. Um, so church should be a place where healing is found, deliverance is experienced, and strongholds are broken in Jesus' name. Um, but listen, for those that don't know Christ and are coming in, but also for those of us who know Jesus for a long, long time. And so in this, in this message today, I want that culture to be without shame so that those of us who are walking with Christ for a long time, I don't know what I'm going to face tomorrow, and I don't know what you're going to face tomorrow, and you might need the hospital wing of the church sometime in your future, God forbid. I'm not speaking that over you, but it should exist so that if you stumble into something, you go through the ups and downs of life, right, and being hit by something, there's people ready to pray for you so that you can still experience the healing nature of God in this place. Why why do Christians still get sick and some of them are still afflicted and unfortunately, even demonized at some times. And I use that word carefully because, you know, I don't talk a lot about Christians. Um, I don't believe that Christians are possessed by de- The word possession means ownership, right? And so that, that's different, but there's still, what, what, there's a sliding scale, if you will, of demonization, those being afflicted by something, oppressed by something, right? And so there's still freedom that we still need, whether we're walking with the Lord for a while or we're new to it, um, Why is this? Well, the simple explanation, and maybe there's another message in the future sometime. You can dive deeper. We don't always know the why. You know, we get sick, afflicted, oppressed by something. But here's this. We live in a fallen world. Uh, Adam and Eve gave it over to the devil, right? Jesus redeemed it, and he's, we're in the process then of redeeming um, this fallen world and everything around us, so we're still subject to these things. Here's the way that I like to explain it, and I think it'll help some of us explain why our job is just to minister healing? I don't get hung up on, on all the whys because Jesus didn't either. He's like, be healed. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was the extent of his ministry, right? Rise up and walk, right? And so, well, why are you that way? And who, you know, the, even the disciples came to him and said, well, who sinned? We want to know all the backstory. Actually, you don't need to know right now. Just minister healing, right? And so is this, is, can this be that place? Can, that be, can this be that culture where we start to minister healing, right? First Thessalonians, I want you to understand this um, because it really helps me to understand and and fully minister in this vein. First Thessalonians 5.23. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Somebody say completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, obviously we know what our body is. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions, but our spirit is what's being made 100% new. When we say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us It even says, joined with you, become one with you, right? That's what your spirit has done now on the day when you get saved and come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. However, your body and your soul is now working to come into alignment with what happened in your spirit. So it's not a salvation issue to say, I'm sick, afflicted, or oppressed by something. It means that what's happened in your spirit is now ready to, to cause an outworking, an outflowing. Right? It's an inside-out kind of Christianity where on the inside, I am whole. My spirit is made new. Now it's ready to affect my soul and affect my body and bring that too into alignment uh, with God's word. Amen. With healing. And deliverance and the nature of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? And so I don't always walk around separating everything. Is that in the soul? Is that in, you know? But 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 to understand that is really really important because you can get really hung up. You know when when people act out or when Christians sin or when Christians get sick, right? Because you can see afflictions of every kind. But the, the difference with us, we know where to run. Imagine moving into a culture and going, I have nowhere, I don't know where the hospital is. I don't know where the doctor is. I don't know where the closest CVS is. You know, Alicia and I went on a trip in March to, um, to uh, uh, an area, and I'm going, huh, if something did happen, I don't know where the closest hospital is because we're on vacation, right? We have it mapped. We're, we're, we're not lost. If we do get sick, if we are afflicted, we know where to go. We are those that actually know where to run and who to run to, amen? And his name is Jesus. That makes us different. Um, I wanna read this. I don't like this verse. I'm just being honest with you, but I'm gonna read it because it's very important. <laughs> John 16, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you're gonna have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Somebody say, take heart. I have overcome the world. So when we face something... Not that I want to speak it over you. I don't like to pray that over people, like, you're going to face trouble. No, it's just true that we're going to live life. But the difference is we know where to go, and we know where healing is found. Amen? I think this, when I talk to vehemently, this thing rubs against my face and causes kind of, so I'll try to be chill from now on. And I won't smile throughout the rest of the service because it messes with, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> So the same way that there's levels of sickness and infirmity, there's levels of demonization, then there's and even for believers, and there's just levels of sickness and infirmity and things like that. And I want to tell you how, how Jesus' method was in Acts ten thirty three, he says God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Right? And so for being made into the image of Christ, this is our mandate, people. This is who we are. This is the culture. And it's not that we don't sometimes minister and say, what caused this can you... There's a, there's a place where Jesus said, stop sinning so that something doesn't come upon you. Right. So that's valid. We will minister that way. But, but today, I just wanna uh, implant and even impart something that says, church is a hospital. This is a culture of healing. Thanks for running to the right place. Right now, I'm gonna pray for you. Um, it's my job to minister to you. Heal the sick. Matthew 10, 7, 8, this is the mandate. Um, by the way, have you ever thought about everybody that Jesus healed eventually died? <laughs> Their bodies got old. Even Lazarus, raised from the dead, died again, and apparently wasn't raised from the dead. Yeah, I don't know, I don't, sometimes I think of some of that stuff and I kind of go, what's the point then? You know, raising him from the dead so he could die later, you know, this kind of stuff. But, but listen, this is, this is what I would submit to you. It's a demonstration of the kingdom of heaven. It's to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven and the nature of God um, when we see these things happening. Um, Why doesn't everybody get raised from the dead? Why doesn't everybody get healed? I don't know. And quite frankly, there isn't a book that you can read that gives you all the ups and the downs. There could be many reasons why. But honestly, I'm not sure that it's always our job to know, but it is our job to minister and do what Jesus said to do. Is that okay for now? There's probably more to unpack there, but it's, it's okay for now. Matthew 10, 7, and 8. And proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's a demonstration of the kingdom of heaven. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. Somebody say hallelujah. I'm ready. Hallelujah. Mark 16, 15, and 18. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation um, some of you are very familiar with this passage. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They're going to speak in new tongues. They will pick up ser- serpents with their hands. We don't have a lot of those hanging around Pennsylvania or scorpions, those kinds of things, but they did. And if they drink any deadly poison, it's not going to hurt them. They're going to lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. These signs are going to follow. Are you those that believe? I haven't raised the dead yet. But you know what? I believe that someday I could and want to and will, and I desire that. I hope that the Holy Spirit leads me kindly into that situation. I'm not not looking for a morgue to walk into right now. I'm just saying. If that opportunity comes, I would love that opportunity. So what? If you didn't experience it yet, I'm telling you that you're called to it because Jesus said these signs should follow those that believe. That's you and I. Come on, people. Let's experience something together. Christianity is also experiential. Amen? They will recover. Now, I want to talk about three ways to develop What I would call a culture of healing and freedom, a hospital culture in a church, a culture of healing and freedom in this place. And so I want to go on a journey with you. Number one, it's let's get authentic. Number two is let's get faith. And then number three, let's get practical. Number one, I want to start with let's get authentic, honest, and appropriately vulnerable. Let's get authentic, honest, and appropriately vulnerable. Vulnerable just means real, right? And authenticity. What it means is this. I say appropriately vulnerable because some things you should share with your therapist and some things women should share with women and men with men, and you should be sharing with people that can actually be part of the solution, not just sharing because you like attention. (laughs) Okay, does that make sense? So appropriately vulnerable means I'm sharing because I believe there's healing for me with the right person in the right group. Does that make sense? That's why I say appropriately vulnerable. All of you know that person who's like, I know all their things, and they're never going to change. You know, that, that kind of thing. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. Those people are extremely vulnerable, but always stay the same. <laughs> they're not on a healing journey. Am I being too real? <laughs> I, I actually think you guys don't know anybody like that by the look on your faces. I'm sorry that I said that. Uh, <laughs> authenticity means this. Listen, it's acting according to one's true self and behaving congruently with values, beliefs, motives, and personality disposition. Meaning, in simple terms, there's no more mass. I don't believe in mass. I don't believe in being... Now, I, I'm, I'm a little different when I'm in public than I'm at home. I can be more quiet. I understand that we all have differences when we're talking to people in a group setting. You know, especially if you're like in a, in a business, you're in a business setting. I understand, understand there's, there's differences in how... Our personalities might flow. But what, what it doesn't mean is that you wear a mask and you're not your true self here. And I just have a pulpit ministry. Behind the scenes, I'm beating my wife or something like that. That's not congruency. Does that make sense? Uh, I'm not beating you, right? Okay. No, that should make you wonder like, seriously, what kind of dude is this? You know, different personality, person here, different person behind the scenes. That makes sense? No more masks, no more hiddenness. Honest means just not living a lie, kind of along the same, same way. I wanna live in realness. Vulnerable means getting real with your weaknesses, appropriately sharing hard lessons that you learned from your mistakes and not just your successes. I love to talk about my successes, the things that worked well, the things that we did that actually seemed successful and they grew, right? And, and we made money. And then I, I really don't enjoy talking about the things, the mistakes that we made in our life and the financial mistakes and the investments that we made. We're like, what were we thinking, right? Stuff like that. And well, we haven't always done it right. And um, I want to talk to some of you older generation, and you determine who you are. Um, I'll be here with you. I'm not necessarily younger, so I guess that makes me older. Think about the last time, older older folks, moms and dads, that you shared with someone younger than you one of the, one of the mistakes that you made in life so that they could learn from that and not repeat that mistake. Have you done that? Because if you read the Bible, we see all of it. We see the mistakes that King David made, and we see the many successes. Have you thought about that? The younger generation wants to learn from both, and they can learn from both, if we get real, and get vulnerable. I would submit to you that our culture has changed, and it is still changing, but the millennial culture, I think now the millennial, I don't actually like a lot of these boxes that our culture likes to put on people. There's the millennial generation, you know, before that's the baby boomers, and the X generation, the Y generation, and I'm one of those, but but anyway, the millennials are now, uh, I think, around 27 to 42 years old, but when they were young adults, I would have to say that the culture changed in America for sure, but even church culture changed. And this is why I say that is because they came along, and then the Gen Z culture, which is now about 20s and 30s-year-old uh, kids, people, I call them kids because they're so young. When I was 30, I thought I was getting older, but now, it's like, that's really young. Um, but anyway, millennial, Gen Z culture. This is one thing that they brought to the culture, and it's vital for church culture. They, they came around, and they were like, We know y'all aren't okay all the time. (laughs) You can't hide it from us. We know what you're like at home. We know what you're like in the businesses. We know what our teachers are like. And we, we don't actually believe that because you have a position of authority, just because you're my mom and my dad, and just because you're a pastor in a church, come on somebody, just because you're a leader, that you don't need help. And sometimes you're not okay. I wish you would just say that. And they're not fooled by us. And I like that, actually. They're not fooled by positions of authority or anointing because they've come along and said, y'all need help sometimes. I wish you would just admit it. <laughs> and so what that does to us is go, let's just be real. And when we need help, get help, amen? And we can live with that. The, the bad part of that culture when it's not redeemed by God is that, is that millenn- I'm gonna bust on you now, sorry, because I got the pulpit, <laughs> Gen Z and Millennials say, "I like the way that I am. I'm very real with how I am, and I don't need help. You know, that's the unredeemed part of that. And so, you should love me where I'm at and love all that I do and all that I say. Actually, I don't know. I don't have to. That's not true. I I love you where you are, but I believe God loves you enough to help you grow and change into the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. Somebody, can I get a Berks County Amen on that? But I love the realness, and we can't go back to this hiddenness culture where it's like. I can't be real and I can't be vulnerable. Does that make sense? That's what I'm trying to say. Um, those of you and uh, those of us who walk with God for quite a while still are gonna need the hospital wing of the church sometimes. 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all, I'm gonna read you some scripture, you ready? 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all, with unveiled face, I like that, with unveiled face, no more mass, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we're being transformed into the same image of, of Jesus, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the Spirit of the Lord, come on, is working in us to will and to do for his good pleasure, right? But then changing us from glory to glory to say, tweak this, do away with that, repent from this, and, and off we go. And we, if we don't see it as a journey, um, we're really missing something. There's a lot of supporting scriptures for that. 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now we're children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Isn't that our hope today? Philippians 3.21, Jesus, talk about Jesus still, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. How many are thankful for that? According to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Let's read Philippians 2.13. I've got a lot for you today. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. That's Philippians 2.13. Can we just do one thing here before we move on? I would like shame to be broken off of all sisters and brothers, whether they're new to Jesus or whether you've walked with Jesus for a long time. I would like us as a culture to break shame off of all, all who need healing and sometimes freedom. Can we do that? In Jesus' name, amen. So right now, I just pause and I say, shame be broken. You need healing. You need freedom. That's why we're here. That is one of the main reasons we get together, and that's one of the main reasons. I need you. You need me. We need each other. The body of Christ ministers healing. You've come to the right place. No shame in that, in Jesus' name. Let's stay authentic, honest, and appropriately vulnerable. Number two, let's get faith. Somebody say faith. Hebrews eleven six 6, and without faith it's impossible to please him. Wow, there we go. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I want to read you a story. And when I do this, I always say it's my favorite story because it is. I have a lot of favorite stories, but this is really one of my favorite as well. Jesus heals the paralytic in Luke 5, starting at 17. I want to read this. And as I read this story over you and to you again, I want you to pretend you haven't heard it before. <laughs> Sometimes, if you ever do that? You read a story, you go, I'm just going to go into it, seeing what else I can hear, as if I never read it before. I know a lot of you read this story, but actually, I believe there's an impartation of faith in this story. We say, get faith. To develop a culture like I'm talking about, it requires faith. On one of those days, as he was teaching, talking about Jesus, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, these guys were crazy. They went up on the roof, (laughs) and they, I'm adding to scripture now, they tore apart this guy's roof. You would be a little ticked off. But they tore the shingles off, I don't know, the thatch roof. But finding no way to bring, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. The tenacity. Talk about some good friends. Like, I need friends like that. Listen to this. I highlighted this. And when Jesus saw their faith, When Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus paused from his preaching, from his praying, I'm not sure what he was doing, he saw the faith of these people. And he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. It's taken a strange turn. He's just throwing off the scribes and Pharisees. They began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies, who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered, why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Somebody say, And immediately. He rose up before them. He picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. He didn't go out through the roof. He went out through the door. Come on, somebody. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. We have seen extraordinary things today. Come on, just raise your hand if you want some of this. I know I do. I just feel hungry for more of that kind of stuff. But when Jesus saw their faith, and I've been challenged many, many times. I don't like to walk around saying, well, you didn't get healed because of your faith. Quite frankly, if I'm the one praying for somebody, they might not have healed because of my faith. Do you ever think about that? Maybe it wasn't a faith issue. And again, there could be sermons about why, multiple things, and it's was kind of exhausted. Here's the reason. Jesus kept ministering healing wherever he went. And that's the message that I'm getting across today. Not necessarily hung up on the why, but the fact that we can and are called to this, where is your faith? I like, sometimes I like to pause and I go, um, faith is very closely linked to the realm of the imagination and maybe that's another message too. But it's like the dream world, right? Daydreaming in this case. But I'm convinced that Jesus had a way of, of seeing a person healed before they were actually healed, right? In other words, you can actually see it happening, imagine it happening, think about it happening. I, I'm just simply pausing to say, when's the last time we've done that? picture a healing, see a healing. It's so easy when you see somebody sick or have an infirmity or demonized in some way. It's really hard to see them otherwise, isn't it? Even in the realm of your imagination, what if you would picture them whole, right? And and see prophetically what they're called to. Okay, we'll move on and talk about that some other time. One final note before we move on. I just want you to ponder this very carefully and walk away with the revelation today. Listen, the healer and the Deliverer Himself, Jesus Christ, in the person of the Holy Spirit, is actually living within you and I. Have you paused to think about that? I wish Jesus would show up. Actually, He has, and He is. You're a believer, a follower of Jesus, right? He's taken up residence within you, and so you don't have to go to a certain place, although I love the fact that you're here. We're going to pray for healing today, by the way. I'm glad that you're here. I want to see people healed today or set free from something, but The truth is he lives within you and I, amen, as followers of Jesus. That's a revelation that we probably can't preach enough because there's this oneness aspect to following Jesus whereby the Holy Spirit no longer comes and goes. I'll probably repeat that some other time. Number three, you ready for practical? Let's get practical in this place. And so I'm going to fly through a bunch of things that we want to do. Um, We want to implement uh, in the weeks and months ahead. Did you hear that? In the weeks and months ahead. And so uh, what I wanna talk about is all things practical, um, but I, I'm asking for grace to say, we need time and energy to, to get these things activated. Does that make sense? And up and running, but I wanna tell you what I believe this place can be and what Grace Church is called to, all right? Does that make sense? Um, so some practical plans, visions, missions, if you want, uh, that we wanna see here at Grace Church and beyond, um, Number one is called serve teams. We actually have a lot of serve teams. A lot of people give time, talent, and treasure, and that's wonderful. So first of all, thank you to those who serve. What we just did this week is opened up a lot of other possibilities on our website or on our page. Um, Is that on the screen? So if you say join a serve team right there, uh, it's under next steps, I believe. If you click on join, you'll see that there's there's a lot of uh, teams on there. It'll look like they exist, but honestly, we're waiting for you to click on them and explore and say, wow, I I would be called to that, and then you can help us activate that thing, uh, bring some training, bring some development, but Alicia is actually now the serve team's uh, leader. Uh, As my associate pastor, she's going to oversee the serve teams, and then we're going to implement more that we need in this place, and so why is that important for this message? Because... If you, if you actually have a disconnect, you don't actually realize that all the serve teams we have actually help to create a culture where someone can get healed and someone can get delivered from something. So it's not nothing to serve a cup of coffee. It's not nothing to welcome someone at the door or to be in kids ministry. Why? Because someone in here might get the breakthrough that they need. And when you create an atmosphere of hospitality, you're shining. Jesus is shining through you. Yeah, but I'm just a door greeter. You're not just a door greeter. You are in In the name of Jesus saying, you belong here, come on in. Welcome, ushers, let me help you find a seat. Let's create some quality sound in this place. Let's create some worship. Why? All to create an atmosphere where Jesus can be experienced. Holy Spirit is real. And it could be that day where somebody got healed, set free, saved, and delivered. Then hallelujah. It's not nothing. Does that make sense? And so join a team. If you're not on a team, join a team. And there's many more teams that we can implement. The next one we want to do better at, in my opinion, is called the security team. Uh, And so because of the culture we live in, the time frame we live in, you know, whatever's going on with this generation, we desperately need an actual, there's people that actually understand, do serve in security, but we want to build this thing. And it's going to be fun just to see the ways that God prompts your heart to say, I belong there. That's the way that I serve. I'm called to do that, to help create an amazing culture of freedom, and healing, and deliverance by picking up that team. Is that okay for now? I like this quote by Martin Luther King Jr. Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. I like when he said that. I just thought it was cool. Amen. Number two, uh, pastoral care. Obviously, we wanted to make it easier for you guys to reach out, uh, not only just to me and Alicia, but also Pastor Ray while he's still here, and, um, and to reach out. So I wanted to show another slide. I'm now turning to see if it's still there. Good. Um, there's the Connect card online, which we've uh, updated just a little bit. You can connect with us at any time. Tell us what's going on. Reach out to us. Give us your name, email. Someone here will connect with you right away. Um, Let us know how we can pray for you. There's a prayer request card. And actually now what we're doing, um, and we'll get these cards printed out too, so we'll we'll keep them here at the Next Step station. But... um... We'll update it just a little bit. But the prayer request team is now being built. That's trusted people, of course, pastors, but also a few other people that are known intercessors and known prayer warriors that when you submit a prayer request, there were people that are legit committed to praying for you. Isn't that cool? So we trust these people. We know them. We've been walking with them now, uh, us and Pastor Ray. And then we've actually sworn them to secrecy. <laughs> no, we've said confidentiality, please. This is not for you to gossip about. This is also not for you to call those people up and, and start to counsel them. Done. This is because you're called to prayer and intercession because that's what changes someone's story, right? And so we're just simply building a prayer team that when we get a prayer request into the church, we share it and throughout the week, we, we take it to God and we say breakthrough in Jesus' name, healing in Jesus' name, deliverance. Is that good? So submit your prayer request to us anytime. Praise report. We love to hear what God does. We'd love to hear how God moved in your situation. And then we have the place to request care right on that same page at the bottom. You want a pastor to reach out to you, you're going through something. We don't always know, and especially a family this size and being new like we are, we may not know when someone's in the hospital. We may not know when someone actually needs care. Someone let us know. It doesn't have to be a request for you. It could be in the name of someone else. But if you would let us know, then then we would be glad to reach out anytime, meet up with you in some way. You can always email us at hello at mygracechurch.com or call the main number, leave a message. But here, this is what I want you to know in the series called Mission. Alicia and I and uh, Pastor Ray and I discussed this as well. We wanna build a team. Somebody say team. We're to build a solid, amazing, anointed team of pastors, both men and women, by the way, to minister effectively in the years and months ahead Uh, to walk with people on their healing journey. Is that okay? I just want you to know what we intend to do, what we want to do. Will it happen tomorrow? No, probably not. But I believe that God wants us to build a solid team of pastors in this place to reach the body of Christ here, but in this region, amen. All right, you ready for the next one? It's called groups. We're going to talk about groups a lot. I'm going to touch on groups today. I believe we're supposed to um, supposed to go back toward groups. And again, Alicia is going to going to uh, help us launch as the groups pastor. She was the groups pastor at Lifeway Church, but I said let's let, help me launch this again. Maybe maybe toward the fall. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. So it may be a few months out to we gather ourselves and say what kind of groups do. We but I'm going to talk about groups today in how it creates a hospital culture and give you some possibilities so you can go home dreaming or go home with a call on your life. And and say, huh, he said something that I was called to. I'm just gonna give you some examples, and there's probably a hundred more. There's this thing called freedom groups that Alicia and I have been part of at Lifeway for the last couple of years. It's it's an actual curriculum from Church of the Highlands down in Birmingham, Alabama. We borrowed the curriculum from them. It's a small group environment, ending up in a weekend at the church, you know, like they call conference, but it's actually a healing journey. And what it is is when we talk about inner healing, it's a place again. Your soul realm, your mind, will, and emotions, where you find lies of the enemy are still attached. That's where addictions are still could be still attached to you, and that's where you you can't think right, and therefore you can't do right. But it's an inner healing journey from trauma, abuse, and all those kinds of things. That systematically, with a group of people, you go through this series and this curriculum, where at the end we're believing for healing in Jesus' name. And so, um, strongholds, lies of the enemy of all kinds. That's called Freedom groups. So we would love to get them activated sometime here at Grace Church because we're called to that, and we believe God's going to raise up an amazing team here at Grace Church to do it here as well, because it's needed. It's needed in every culture. All right, something like divorce care is needed. People that have gone through divorce are still healing from the pain of divorce. If they would have a support group that could meet up occasionally. That would be awesome. There's something like grief share that's out there of people that have lost loved ones and need a safe place, you know, to go through the grieving process. We believe that those things should be alive in a church culture. It doesn't have to be called that, but we I'm just using this as examples. We believe that um, there's a place for something called Celebrate Recovery, where people that are struggling with addiction or trying to stay sober have a place where they can rally around others that may have escaped from that and are still working toward, you know, total freedom and can, find a place. Again, there's, there's some of those around here. We don't need everything to happen here. We don't have to reinvent every wheel, but there's a place for that if someone's called to that. Amen. There's a, there's a place for financial freedom, and that's still like strongholds of the enemy, right? If financial damage has been done and um, financial freedom. There's something called Financial Peace University. Again, it doesn't have to be that, but we believe that it's a place for financial freedom. How about healing for marriages in trouble? Anyone? think that that's an issue in our culture, like at all, anywhere, any place. I mean, I, I see it everywhere and we did it Lifeway as well. I don't think Reading's that much different than Lebanon. Marriages need support. Marriages need a lot of prayer. The enemy does not like marriages. Why? Because it reflects Christ and his church. And he absolutely hates that. He hates relationships of all kind, quite frankly. But marriages, for sure. We've seen all that assault. And so how about groups that help marriages heal? Um, Help for abused or traumatized women and children. I believe God's going to birth ministries and groups and, and things in there to help those in need healing from the effects or the trauma of abortion. How about that? There's place for that kind of healing in a church culture. Reaching troubled teens. Somebody might be called to that. How about support for parents of addicted loved ones? That's a thing, too, that we've found really, really helpful. Parents are struggling one after the next with, like, my kid's done this or my teens or my young adult's doing this. And it traumatizes not just that person but the whole family. And where they can find support in a church culture, it's amazing. So um, I'm just going to stop there because there's a lot of other ways and a lot of other things and avenues, right, to create a church where healing is alive. But wouldn't, wouldn't we like to be known? I would like to be known. When someone says, I need help, I need hope, I need healing, let's call Grace Church and see what they got going on, right? That body over there is amazing. I might even get set free today. Licensed Christian therapy. I want to say something about licensed Christian therapy. We believe um, we believe that the study of psychology, uh, therapy, can, it doesn't have to be at outs with Holy Spirit-filled living. All right, and so, so yes, we minister in the Holy Spirit, but it's not just learn to pray in tongues and all your problems go away, right? It's like, no, the God made this beautiful brain and this beautiful mind of ours, and the, can be, you can act, we can actually learn Right <laughs> to to um, take the tools that therapy offers, and so Alicia's been. Um She's actually almost through her first year, but she's been taking courses toward marriage and family therapy. Um, and so she'll finish in a few years from now. So she just got started, but she's been, oh, wow. It's been really uh, mind-boggling and eye-opening the ways that we can begin to understand and the ways that the Holy Spirit can work with that to bring someone from trauma into help and hope and healing. Amen. And so we believe that at Grace Church, at some point and at some time, there can be a place for licensed Christian therapists to maybe have an office or maybe have a department, both men and women, so that when this culture comes to us and says, man, I've been through hell and high water. Literally, I don't know if I can keep on living. We know exactly where to send them. Right now, we're actually building a list of of places to outsource. And so if you're in need of that, reach out to us. We have begun that list. I don't know that it's complete. And if you guys know of, of others that do really good licensed Christian therapy, let us know. We would love to connect people to that meanwhile. But I, I believe that could, that could also happen inside the church. Is that okay? Whew. I'm talking a lot. This is just, let's get practical about the possibilities, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up this thing called equipping modules. I believe that in the future, you know, we can develop this. But when it comes to creating an atmosphere of healing and hope, um, we we would love at some point, you know, I think every church should have some type of discipleship classes, right, or training or equipping. I like to call them equipping, equipping the saints for the work of ministry, right. And so you and you and I need equipping um, to just assume that everybody can hit the ground running when they say yes to Jesus. Now I know how to lay hands on the sick see them recover now I know exactly how to cast out demons that's ludicrous you know you need practice you need training and you need some more scripture and all that stuff and there's there's ways and we could put classes around all that stuff called I think we're going to call them equipping modules and say you know attend this short session or these few sessions so that you can be well equipped and then when you serve on the prayer teams here if you run into this you're better equipped to do that or whether you want to have a healing ministry or something else. You want to reach the troubled youth in our culture. We want equipping modules eventually, um, things to do spiritual warfare and things like that set up and then you can go for training or come here for... I would love if people go, man, I need more training. Let's go, let's go see what Grace Church has to offer. That's what I would love to see. Anybody else? Finally, I want to end with this. What I would love is what I, what I, call, what I call an everywhere and anywhere healing culture. What do I mean by that? Everywhere and anywhere, healing culture. Um, it doesn't mean, when I preach like this, I just, okay, I know Christians. I know you don't. I know Christians that unless the church is doing it, they just won't do it. Does that make sense? Unless there's a group, unless there's, it has to be at the end of a church service. It has to be at the right time and the right place and the right atmosphere. And they just sing the perfect worship song. Then I just can't minister, right? <laughs> I know y'all don't know anybody like that. There's my sarcasm again. But here's what I would like. When we say a culture of healing, Jesus didn't need a perfect atmosphere to minister healing. He just went into the highways and the byways and here and there and everywhere, in this house and out of the house. You know, if he were here today, he'd be over at Burlington shopping because um, that's where Jesus would shop. That's what I'm, I, I think. Um, <laughs> I think Jesus likes the Burlington clothes. And... <laughs> And he would heal somebody while he's there. That's just what he would do. And then he would go downtown Reading and do the same. And he would cast out demons down there, especially on those streets that sell drugs. And then he would come back here, and he would be in the lobby meeting and greeting, and then he would pray for people that needed healing right here. And whether it's in a private pastoral office or a private room, whether it's on your back deck, right, or whether you're in the highways and the byways, in your office somewhere, in your school, come on, anybody want to talk about schools nowadays that need healing and freedom? From demonic strongholds, come on, somebody there doesn't have to wait for a church service and anywhere and everywhere culture says, the healer is living within me. When is it time for me to lay hands on somebody or to just speak a word in Jesus' name and see results because you have it in you, amen? Y'all okay with that? That's the culture, amen, somebody. I want to do something, amen. I want to do something before we uh, close this service. to say, um, I wanna read Isaiah sixty-one seventeen over some of you, uh, over all of you, preferably, but uh, over some of you specifically, this is what I like to do. The, some of you, just to listen to this message, have sort of a renewed vision and mission and say, and there's more messages to come, so I'm not saying you all have to jump to your feet, but some of you specifically are called to healing ministry. Some of you are called to say, there's a hospital wing in a church culture, and I belong there. That's where I help to make it happen. Others of you may be called other places. That's okay, right? So I'm not, I don't want any coercion going on, but some of you that have felt the calling or renewing, especially those serving on prayer teams, right, there's a faith in you. I would love for you to stand to your feet right now if you're saying, I would love to serve in this way or I feel a calling on me in some way, shape, or form. Some of you jump to your feet. I just wanna declare something over you right now. Good, I see you, see you. Some of you, many more of you. Back there, over there, good, good. <clears throat> And again, it could look different for all of you people, but some of you are like, that's me. I would love to minister in healing and deliverance and freedom in some way, shape, or form in the months ahead, okay? Now, the rest of us, Good, more of you. And if I'm reading this, if it prompts you, you just jump to your feet, okay? I'm gonna read Isaiah 61 over you. I want you to just sort of get into receiving mode. I don't know if it looks like this or whatever, but just open your heart. And as I, as I declare this, I'm prophesying over you. Isaiah is a kind, of, kind of a prophetic guy, you know, and, and, he's, and he's kind of poetic is what I mean to say. And so, But just receive this as from the Lord. And so the rest of you, just extend your hand towards someone that's standing and, and bless them with me if you can. Listen, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, is upon you. Because the Lord has anointed you to bring good news to the poor, he has sent you to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of the vengeance of our God. That's against the enemies, by the way. To comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, and that he may be glorified. You, they, meaning you, shall build up the ancient ruins along with God. They shall raise up the former devastations and they shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and tend your flocks, and foreigners shall be your plowmen and vine dresses, but you shall be called the priests of the Lord. They shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations, and in their glory you shall boast. And instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, in this land, in Berks County, they shall possess a double portion, and they shall have everlasting joy. Can we just pause and shout to the Lord one time, somebody? That in this place, they have everlasting joy. In the mighty name of Jesus. You may be seated. Thank you so much. I believe God has put a calling on your life. Many of you. Many, many of you, and many more in the days ahead, and we're gonna ask God for open doors of opportunity to help create the hospital wing of Grace Church, amen? not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying we're gonna have to expand our walls. Um, Now, I wanna do one more thing before we go back to worship. Um, Sorry, worship team. You're just gonna have to join me in praying for a little bit. Um, But no, you look delightful. Please stand there. Y'all make me look better. Don't run away. Um, I would love, real quick, this is gonna take a minute, I would love for you to stand if you need healing today of any kind. Freedom, healing, I don't care if it's deliverance, we're not going to ask you what it is right now, uh, but uh, if you need healing in your body, healing in your mind, healing in your soul in somewhere, freedom from a stronghold of the enemy, I would love for you to jump to your feet and say, I believe today is my day. Everywhere all across this place, those of you online, if you could just say pray for me, you don't have to say what it is unless you want to, um, just tell us. You know that you're standing, maybe in your living room out there somewhere, listening to it later on. You're standing and saying, I need freedom from something, healing from something, even if it's a thought life or a bondage of some kind, or there's infirmity of all kinds. Stand with me. All right. Now, the rest of you, this is where it gets really tricky. I'm going way out in a limb. Ha <laughs> ha. Now, the rest of you, because this is the culture that we're going to create, find someone near you. God's put faith in you. Find someone near you that's standing and go. Lay your hands on their shoulder appropriately. Lay hands on them. And um, I know I'm stretching you like crazy. I can tell. I love it. Culture's changing, right? (laughs) You've done this before, many of you. Find someone standing next to you, close to you. Look around. Those of you sitting, look around. If anybody's standing that doesn't have hands laid on them yet, I would love if you just ran to them. Gently laid hands on their shoulder. At this moment and this kind of corporate prayer, we don't have to ask them exactly what's wrong unless you want to, unless they want to tell you. But this is what I like to do. Mark 5, 34, this is how Jesus did it. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. What I like to do is simply pray and have you pray over the person that you're standing with. Say, in Jesus' name, repeat after me. In Jesus' name, be healed of your infirmity. Be healed of your disease. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, just take another half minute, 30 seconds, just pray with them in some way. Just pray in your own words. Ask them if you want, if they want prayer of any kind, but just real quick, just pray over them. Whatever the Holy Spirit tells you, pray in tongues if you want to, pray in the Spirit, just pray over them. Whatever comes to mind, but preferably speak healing, speak life, speak goodness, speak wellness and wholeness, speak freedom and deliverance of all kinds in Jesus' name. The ministry of Jesus was simple and it was to the point. And in scripture, it looks pretty quick. (laughs) Be healed, be set free. Be healed, be set free. Take up your bed and walk. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. All of you, all of you stand with me together in this place. You're such a wonderful audience. Thanks so much for your participation this morning. You're an amazing body of Christ. I just want to give all of you a round of applause. Come on with me. Say, <clears throat> so you guys are amazing. You're effective. You're effective warriors. You're effective healers. You're effective carriers of the gospel, and the healer and the deliverer is living inside of you, and um, I pray in the in the years, the weeks, the months, the years ahead, that you have many, many more opportunities to lay your hands on someone and see God move in amazing ways. Amen? Well, now that we're all standing together, I want to do one final thing, and that's if you don't know the healer, and if you don't know the deliverer, you come walking into this place today, you're invited by a friend, and you're like, I'm going to get out of bed and come into this place called Grace Church, but I really Don't know for sure if I know this Jesus, this wonderful person that sets people free. And the story of healing someone from his infirmities like that, I would like to know this, Jesus. Did you ever make him Lord of your life? What I like to do is say every eye closed for just a moment. We simply do that so that it gives you some personal space so you're not thinking about your neighbor, the person beside you. And in this moment, if you'd like to say, I want to declare Jesus Christ as my Lord and follow him forever, would you shoot your hand up in the air so we can pray with you and just let me know? We will all pray with you together. I won't, make you, won't call you out or make you come down here. We just need enough. we can pray with you. Raise your hand high in this place if you're saying, I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Those of you joining us online, if you would just type it in there somewhere and say, I accept Jesus as my Lord. I don't see anybody in this service, but that's okay. might be someone online. We're going to always do it anyway. Let's all pray together. Say, Jesus, Jesus. you are Lord. Lord. I come boldly, but I come humbly, and I repent of all my sins. I receive your forgiveness. I am a child of God and a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's applaud those in case I missed a hand. Those online, in case I missed someone. All right, in closing, I want you to know that those who said yes to Jesus, whether today or recently, we do have a book that we want to give to you. It's called Following Jesus that you can pick up. Um, on your way out today. We ask the ushers um, you know, to watch for hands and to catch you before you exit the lobby on your way to the parking lot and give you a book that'll just get you jump-started on your journey with Jesus. It's filled with a lot of uh, basic Christian material to get you started. We would love, before you leave, if you stop by the Next Steps kiosk, as we call it, right outside these double doors, especially if you're a guest today, we'd like to hear from you, get to know you, and if there's any way at all that we can serve you, we'd love to hear that and surround you in some way. And finally, there's gonna be prayer teams here um, what I would love to do is even during this last song we're not gonna sing just as I am like Billy Graham did although we could <laughs> but but look at this last song as an invitation to come up front here and position yourself say I need further prayer I need further ministry I would like further healing or freedom from something there's going to be prayer teams here ready to ministry with you I'll be here Alicia's here as well we'll jump down we'll pray with you before you leave um, during this last song the prayer warriors will make their way to the front during this last song as well so All right, let's worship one more time, shall we? All right, love you guys.